0: Welcome to the Real Voices podcast, where we explore the personal journeys of real estate professionals through their own unique challenges and successes. Real Voices is brought to you by Equitable Title and Escrow, providing a better approach to title and escrow through team support and innovative services. Welcome, welcome to another great episode. We're doing something a little bit different today. We have uh, set up a little bit different across the states here with Jarrett Slater out of Florida. Jarrett, thank you so much for being on with us today. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be with you guys. Yeah, appreciate it. So I'm looking at your boat there. and We talked talk a little bit about it. Um, you captained, is that correct? Yeah, believe it or not, prior to uh, getting into real
1: estate, I was a, a boat captain for four years uh, down in Jupiter, Florida, so I ran a scuba diving charter. Uh, I was kind of an owner-operator, uh, something I'm very proud of. We were the number one um, undisputed uh, scuba diving operation in Southeast Florida for about six years running. Um, this, the boat's still going, so I sold the business, um, and they're, they're
0: still holding the title. They're doing well, but um, a lot of crazy stories with <laughs> Mother Nature. Uh, for sure. I bet. bet. So talk to me. So, um, you know, captain, becoming a captain of a ship like that, is that a process you had to go through with training and all that, or you just buy a ship and it's yours? How does, how did you go about that?
1: No, I mean, believe it or not, it's, um, it's similar a little bit to becoming an an agent, a real estate agent. I mean, there's a certification process that you have to go through. The, The schooling is intense. Um, but then once you get out of the schooling, the real life application means nothing. It just doesn't. Just like the real estate industry, all the stuff right. they teach you is, is nothing like the real world. So same thing with uh, with becoming a, a licensed uh, Coast Guard captain. Um, but the thing that that is different between boating and real estate industry is uh, mother nature can hurt you. And where a client can hurt you, it's a different <laughs> kind of hurt. So, I hear you. But but they all they all come with their pros and cons for sure. I mean, I love it. I'm a, I'm a, a salty guy by nature. Um, it's in my blood. In fact, I mean, even when I crossed over the logo, you know, It stuck. Everybody knew me as Captain Slater. That hasn't gone away. Um, so, no, it was a good run that we had. We had a good time. The only reason I left it, um, I started the family and the risks of being on the water every day were were starting to, to catch up. So uh, my wife and I just decided, you know what? Let, maybe we, we hang this up for a while. Let's do the dad thing. Let's be present. Uh, let's not get the better of us out there. And then maybe it's something we could revisit when uh, when my, my boy is a
0: little bit older. Awesome, man. That's so, yeah, you, you talked about the risk, you know, I guess the rewards out there and the risk there. Um, talk to me about the transition to real estate. Was that did you come right from there to real estate?
1: Uh, no, I did not. Yeah. Believe it or not, that was that um was one of my most successful career paths. However, it wasn't my first or my sole um career. I, I'm an entertainer by by trade, so a singer to, to be precise. So I was born and raised in Utah. Um I moved to to Los Angeles to pursue the dream at age 18, fresh out of the gates of high school. Um was, you know, did a lot of Disney stops. Um, kind of dabbled a little bit in the MC realm and found myself on cruise ships. Okay. So I sang on ships for for years, uh, Royal Caribbean, Princess, you name it, um, I did it. And that's where the love of the ocean came in. Mm. So I'm on the ship, um, you know, singing a couple nights a week in these dis- different variety shows. But one of my favorite moments was sitting on the aft deck, deck 19, um, right after the clubs closed, probably around 1230 p.m. at night. Um, or AM, I should say, and seeing the moonlight just bounce off of the wake as it was breaking. And I would just sit up there strumming my guitar going, man, you know, because again, I, I was a mountain kid and I nice. just there there was this love affair with the ocean. And so while I was singing on these ships, um, I became obsessive with scuba diving. I just thought the ocean, there was just something to it that spoke to me. So that's kind of where the ocean kind of creeped into my life but it, the, the captain thing came later. So once I, I finished cruise ships, um, you know, I mean, I, I was out there for years, so I didn't, I didn't have an apartment, didn't have money uh, or I had money saved up. Meaning I didn't have furniture. I didn't have um, material stuff. So one of my dreams when I was on the ship is when I got off, I wanted to buy a, a riggedy boat and I wanted to be captain Ron. Like literally I just wanted <laughs> I wanted to live on a damn boat and just bounce up and down the coast of Florida. And that's what I wanted to do. So that's what I did. So I got, I found this this rinky thirty-eight uh, foot uh, Corinthian uh, Chris Craft for twenty-three thousand dollars that some dude was trying to unload. The engines barely ran; uh, needed a lot of work, but that was it, man. I was like, yep, I'll take it." You know, bought it and fixed it up and learned the hard way. Boats will humble you real fast, and um, they tell you the definition of uh, boat b o a t is uh, break out another uh, another thousand, and that's true. <laughs> it's very true. But I learned a lot. It it was the best teacher because uh, at first I thought it was a toy. So I wanted to take it out all the time. But then when you break the toy that's actually your house, you have nowhere to live. So then I learned to respect the toy and learn how to be. I became a mechanic. I became good with fiberglass work. I became good with my hands. And and that created discipline. So then that was a really cool thing because that discipline is what has propelled me and other career paths, and even including real estate, because um, you can't always rely on someone else to do the work. The person that you need to rely on is you. If you don't get out of bed in the morning and go after it, you ain't going to bear the the fruit of your labor. It's just the way it is. The same with captaining. If your engine breaks, you can't rely on a mechanic being available to come fix it for you. You better learn how to fix it. And if you're out there on the ocean, you know, you're going to be in a world of hurt unless you don't fix it. Right. So, um, so that was kind of a cool thing. So then making a the long story short, the boat behind me, um, I, me- I met a girl as the story always goes, <laughs> there's always a girl somewhere. So we crossed paths. Um, and I, I convinced her somehow that living on a boat was awesome. So her and I, we got, we, were- we got a rescue dog. I had the girl, I had the dog and we we're living on the boat and we were sitting in a marina down in, um, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, and in that marina, that this boat behind me was sitting there just rotting in a slip. And I kept the the owner of that boat would come over every day, and he would just tinker with the engine. And after getting to talk to him, he was he was a helicopter engineer, so he was a very smart guy. And I noticed how meticulous the engine was. The exterior was was, was junk, mm-hmm. but but it was such a nice engine. The guts were good. The bones were good, as they say in real estate. <laughs> And so every day I would joke with him and say, hey, when you're ready to sell that boat, let me know. And every day I would tell him that. And then one day he came over and was like, hey, man, were you, were you serious about buying this boat? And he's like, absolutely. Like, that would make an amazing scuba diving charter. Like I could, I could turn that thing to a charter tomorrow. And he's like, well, my wife is, tick, is ticked off of me for always being down here and spending money on this engine. So throw, he threw out a number. I said, yes, I bought the boat, um, got my captain certification. So I was official. And, uh, you know, the, the story goes, uh, Kyle Ami Charters was born. So okay. um, so that's how, that's how that kind of came in. But, but entertainment was always kind of my strong suit. So uh, real estate creeped in um, as I was traveling all over the country singing. After, after the cruise ship thing happened, after I started this charter, I got recruited by a Frankie Valley tribute show okay. um, in Florida. So I, so I was like, OK, this is kind of cool. I love Frankie Valley music. We called it the condo circuit. So in Florida, which is very similar to Arizona, everybody knows that the 55 and older communities, they all come with their clubhouse. They all come with their theater. The HOA money pays for entertainment. So that's so what we we made a living bouncing around to all of the retirement communities in the state of Florida. And we were making a killing. It, we, we were loving it. We got paid better uh, doing that than I did on cruise ships, than <laughs> I did on some of the most popular things I've ever done, just going into grandma's backyard and singing Frankie Valli tunes.
0: That's awesome. So-, so
1: what I started to realize is after the show during those meet and greets is a lot of these folks had homes in New York or New Jersey or in Ohio, and they were unloading them to, so they could be come down to Florida permanently. There were snowbirds, but they wanted to make the full-time transition. Mm-hmm. And so I got so I started to think, like, oh my gosh, there's such an enormous opportunity here to be a referral agent. Like I, I, I'm pretty good with real estate. You know, I come from a family of contractors, so I understood that world. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to get my ticket and I'm just going to refer all this out. I'm going to meet, you know, Sue after the show and I'm going to hear her story. And then I'm going to find her a good agent that I trust and, and make mailbox money. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. Um, so then after we decided to transition off the boat uh, and sell that business for, for mostly liability reasons, we just wanted to be a little safer with my decisions. Um, I was no longer married to the coastline, but I was still singing in those Frankie Valley shows. And Lakeland, where I'm now, every single show I did was three hours or less. In Jupiter, some some were six, some were seven, some were eight. So it's was like, listen, babe, like let's unload the business. Our house has got a ridiculous amount of equity in it. Let's flip that. Let's go to central Florida where the cost of living is cheaper. Let's put up shop and let's go all in on this Frankie Valley thing and just get mailbox money for referrals. That's what we we're doing. So we came to Lakeland and then literally uh, six months after we landed here, got settled. I was killing it. COVID happened. So wiped out 65 shows gone. And one, I'm telling you one hour, every, just disappeared, changed my life. I mean, I didn't know what to do. I, I turned to my wife says, babe, I, we just unloaded everything. We dumped the savings into this house in this new studio so we could rehearse. And I have no career path here. I, I don't know. I I can't go sing to make money. And singing was giving me the referrals because that's how I was meeting people. What the heck am I going to do now? And that's I swear to you, my wife looked me dead in the eye and she said, you better buck up. <laughs> you better buck up right now because you're a full-time real estate agent. That's what you are. Mm. And she she told me straight up, she's like I, I don't care about referrals anymore. You're a full-time agent. And so that's so I made the transition um, right. and the transition was tough. This uh, this is a blood sport in real estate. It is. It's a, it's a different animal. It's far different than anything I've ever bitten off. And th- that first year was, was was rough. I mean, it because uh, not only was I dealing with uh, a pandemic and the, the industry as a whole was kind of turned upside down, but I was kind of a fish out of water, no pun intended. I mean, I, I didn't really have my ground and didn't know where to, where to lean. And, and then something really cool happened to where um, I signed up with a brokerage who I think is just fantastic. So uh, I'm with HomeSmart and they've got these, these partner affiliate um, every Monday, they'll throw us some partner affiliates on there so you can learn, they call it ask the experts. And so um, I just started consuming information, just, just hoping that something was going to stick. Um, and that's the problem with new agents. So if you're new a new agent out there, um, you're going to relate to this. You you tend to overconsume the first two years, <laughs> yeah. thinking that there's going to be some magical switch that's going to instantly make you successful. So you just consume everything, and you buy all the software, and you buy all the fancy CRMs, and you just you just grab everything, thinking, oh, this is going to be the one. Or, this is going to give me the edge. But what you're not doing is you're not acting. You're not taking action. So you that. think you are, right. you think you are take, because you are, you're, you're putting energy into yourself, you're Moving, but you're not walking out the door. You're not meeting people. You're not taking action. And that's what clicked with me with, uh, one of the partner fields agent by design. If you guys have a chance to check these guys out, you should, mm-hmm. uh, really cool guy by the name of Michael, uh, Zobeck runs it. And he and I just hit it off because because he said something to me in that that asked the experts that kind of resonated. It's like, listen, man, you got to niche down. You know, because yeah. I I was kind of telling my stories, like, you know, you, you seem like a guy that's got a lot of ambition, but you're all over the place, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're over here and you're over here, and you're trying to do this. You got to you got to shrink your world, and you've got to niche down and Can get we talk really about that for good. A moment,
0: let's let's chat about that because I, you know, I talk about the importance of niching, niching, and yep. I, often newer, especially newer agents, they get nervous by that because they feel like they're going to miss out on all these these other things um I, how did you feel about that when you first heard it was it did it resonate with you or did you have to insult me it resonated
1: it? but insulted me at first okay. it did I mean I'll be honest I mean, listen, I'm an entertainer I'm not shy entertainers have egos he, he crushed my ego a little bit because <laughs> I had all these big visions and he's like those are great later right yeah, now you just right. got you got to run in one lane and run really well on that lane and and what lane that is it's up to you um you know you've got to mm-hmm. answer that question and so I found that my lane was kind of the underdog, the first time homebuyer niche. Okay. Um, and here's why. Because when I was a first time homebuyer prior to real estate, prior to all this stuff, when I bought my first home, um, there was no education out there in the area. And there wasn't a lot of agents and or lenders that were willing to dedicate time to me to teach me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of had to figure it out myself. Um, I was turned down by four lenders. Like just cold turned down. I made all the mistakes, use my own bank, all the ones you're not supposed to do. I did them all. Um, I was ghosted by five agents um, because you know, the, the way the industry works now, unfortunately, I think is it's um, it's a, you need to be a now buyer for, to get right. the attention of the agent. Mm-hmm. So, Real estate used to be a service industry. Now it's so sales heavy that they've forgotten what the service is. Not all. There, there's some good agents out there, but but unfortunately, a lot of brokerages focus too much on the sale and not the service part. So I wasn't being served as a consumer. I had all the qualifications. I just didn't know how to put it together. So it took me two years to buy my first home, which really should only took me six uh, six months. I mean, um, so because of that, because of that chip on my shoulder. From that experience, I tend to gravitate towards that young, up and coming family that's just trying to get it started. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because and right. they don't know where to turn. So where I'm going with this is my niche has become educating first time home buyers. Okay. So um, part of the education process is is running different advertisements to attract those buyers, but really offering service. Like okay. there's, no, there's no hook, there's no catch, there's no gimmick in it. There's no what's in it for me. It's literally lead by service. And I'm telling you, man, when I finally figured that out, the leads just started coming to me. That's- I didn't chase them anymore. It was, it, and it was genuine. It was, it was a, a, come from a good place, truly trying to help somebody. And the, it was reciprocated. And then in return, Absolutely. I was being helped myself.
0: So would you would you help me for a minute on that one? Because um, you know I I totally agree with you on that. So one of the things I'm trying again, helping newer agents or even seasoned agents who may not it may not resonate with. How did you how did you embrace it? What did you do to to actually say you know what I'm gonna lay aside my ego and I'm just gonna do this? I'm gonna see how this works. It was. <laughs> I don't want to use the word
1: depression because for, for the people that depression is real, I I don't want to, you know, downplay that, but, but I went through kind of my, my own mourning period. You got to remember, you know, I'm in my mid forties, my entire life. I I was an entertainer. I had a stage that that's what I did. And that was, it was taken from me. It didn't just, I didn't choose to walk away. It was taken. And so I, there was a a loss and and a, a mental, just, kind of a, I had to kind of recharge everything and relearn everything. Um, And so I started off by focusing and ironically, because of COVID, it kind of put the emphasis on it. I focused on health, you know? Okay. You know what? I'm not right. I didn't feel right. I didn't want to get up in the morning, but I needed, I needed to supercharge it. So I started with fitness. So every morning I says, you know what? I'm going to spend 15 minutes on fitness on myself. And I'm just going to work on physically getting, getting myself back together. But what happened is, is that by, by doing it every morning, I created a routine. Routine is everything because when you are in a routine, the day you get out of it, you don't know, you freak out and you want to go (laughs) back to it. And that's what was started happening to me is I, I had to get up at six o'clock in the morning because if I didn't, it was, I was off routine. And so I I was up and now that I'm up, I wanted to do something. And because when you're physically active in the morning, you get all the adrenaline rolling. And so now you're ready to go. So by seven o'clock, you know, when people are still sleeping, I wanted to work on my business. And so then I started creating content and more content and then started creating social media. Then I started realizing, listen, man, you've got a, a cool talent for entertainment that you can put into social media you can still entertain, dude. Like, it's not dead. It's not gone. It's just going to be on a different stage.
0: How, so that's what you, I. How have you gone about doing that? Okay, talk to me about that. How? What did you? Well, what? and
1: and again, I've got to give props to you know, again, going back to Agent by Design of Michael because um, I signed up for for one of his products um, that that he offered, and with it, you know, he and I just hit it off, and so I asked him a lot of questions. You know, he's always giving me good feedback, and so he kind of helped me kind of figure out a, a YouTube niche. Uh, you know, like how to attract first-time home buyers and make YouTube content. And then TikTok kind of started happening and then Instagram. And so now I've got platforms where I can speak to people. But it, again, it was all driven from service. It has to be authentic. It has to come from a good place. Let's be honest, man. We are inundated with ads and content and content. We can read BS. Right. All of us can. Right. So if it's not real, people know. They can sniff it out. But, but it was. I generally wanted to help. And then that's when everything's really started going. Because now I was disciplined. I was getting my butt up in the morning. I was creating a good authentic service, and I was getting results. so then um and that's kind of where I, I finally figured it out but but to the to your point to the new agents, it all starts with with getting out of bed, man like you you got to get up and you you you've got to get going as I real estate that. agents, we have the luxury of setting our own schedule, but that can also be to your detriment,
0: yeah. If yes. you
1: sleep in till 10 or 11 every morning, you're going to miss three, four solid hours of, of awesome lead generation. Because once everybody else is up, you need to be on the phones talking to people. Right. But before they get up, that's when you need to handle your business. You know what I mean? Get your get yourself in check. You know, I'm a, I'm a to-do list guy by trade. Every, every morning I make to-do lists. Okay. And I'll tell you, there's nothing more satisfying than putting a little X on that box, man. Right. It feels good.
0: I, you know, my one of my coaches started my one of my coaches started talking about when I first jumped in and talking about that. Just a little to do list and how it feels when you just highlight that off. Right. Even if it's simple things. Yep. Uh, make a phone call to the doctor, whatever.
1: Make your bed. I'm right. telling you. Yes. Right. And that came from my mom. Like big shout out to my mom. She, she every morning she would beat me up about that. And I never really understood what she was trying to do until I became a parent. But what right. and we had a conversation about this just the other day, actually over Thanksgiving. And she said, you know, it had nothing to do with it keeping your room clean. What it had to do with is even if you had a bad day, even if your day just was crap. If you came home and your bed was made, you still did something with your day. You still have it, had an accomplishment. And that's what it was about.
0: It was a win. Like you know, that. your bed is well, made. It's a win. And we got to find those wins.
1: Well, it's mental, like not just real estate, but every successful person will tell you, once you master the mind, you can achieve success. You're You're that's in your really. own way it's not there's no such thing as competition you're your own competition you are
0: makes sense Makes sense. you know sense. It,
1: that's the way it is awesome
0: well talk talk to me a little bit um you know utah i spent a little bit of time in my life there too um i i love love the scenery it's just beautiful place um talk to me about your upbringing Up um, when you're you know a little kid running in the mountains and doing your thing there who was who you who know, is your I've, I've got a,
1: an eight-year-old now um and he's got, a, he's got a great life, man. That kid is not hurting at all. However, there, there's a piece of me that, that just kind of mourns for the fact that he, he just didn't have opportunities that I have as a kid. You know what I mean? I, I was telling you before we started this, my older brother and I, at Friday afternoon, man, like clockwork, uh, we lived in Brigham City, Utah, which was a, a valley just literally on the basin of the Wasatch Front. Friday afternoon would come home, say, what up to mom and say, we'll see you Sunday morning. And we would take off in the mountains with our backpacks. And that's what we did. And we would go hiking and and we just explored and walked up creeks and stuff like that. And we just lived. I mean, you can't do that nowadays. You know, there's there's just there's too many variables. There's too much weirdness in in the world. And it just doesn't work that way. But um, but it was great. I mean, it's a beautiful state. The people are great. Um, and from what I see from the last market reports, that state is booming. I mean, yeah, I, think- so
0: I always say, man, if you don't, if you don't keep moving in Utah, you will be run over. It's a, it's go, go yeah. for sure. So when you're, when you're a little kid and you're you know, making your, your decisions, um, who did you look up to for, for guidance? What was that? What was your role models like?
1: Well, my dad was my hero. Um, you know, I just always looked up to him. My mother was my rock. So she was kind of my anchor, but as far as what, who gave me the biggest lessons, that was my grandpa, Uh, world war two vet, still alive today, 90, 95 years young and just awesome. Um, but he used to kind of beat into me and my brother. Cause we were the two, we were the two last Slaters. So the whole, his, his last name was hanging on the two of us <laughs> and his legacy was a big deal to him, you know, but but it wasn't an ego legacy. It was, you know, he used to tell us all the time, remember who you are and who you represent. What we were saying is you're carrying my last name, you carry it right. And that, that generation was just cut different, man. And he used to tell us all the time, you know, Slater's never quit. Do not ever quit. Do not ever give up. I don't care how far you're behind. I don't care how, how much you're getting beat down. You finish the job. You finish the task. And, and that one, I, more than any other lesson in my entire life, I've carried through. The other one that he used to tell us all the time, and I, I wish I could show it to you, but it's hanging on my wall here. Um, but it's, uh, I mean, I'll just read it verbatim. It's life is 10% what happens and 90% what you do next. He used to tell us all the time, I don't care what happens. What are you going to do about it? Well, what's next? You know, and I go back to COVID. I, could, I had every reason to be ticked off about losing 65 shows in a career. Absolutely. But you know what? What are you gonna do next, dude? Like, yeah, it happened. What are you gonna do next? And that's the thing with excuses. Um, You know, and I tell my clients this all the time. You know, when I get time, because real estate, man, there's a lot of variables. Things happen. Right. Every single excuse that you make in your life is 100% justified. And I tell them this. Absolutely. You, it is validated. You are, if that's the way you feel, there is nothing wrong with you feeling that way, but here's the thing. An excuse never, ever, ever will produce a result period. You show me one time that your excuse produced the result that you wanted and never will. So you can just have that moment, have your, your grief, your ticked off, be sad. I don't care what it is, but then get up and go do, do, do what's next.
0: I love that. Sometimes people are looking for an excuse. Why did you do that? I'm like, I just did it. I accept it. It is what it is. Let's move forward. There's no, you know, yeah. there's no need to have an excuse. Right. Happened, right. But
1: if, but I think in society sometimes we sometimes look down on excuses, mm-hmm. and um, it, it, and they're only negative if, if you live in it. But I Correct. think an excuse is part of the growth process to get to the next. You have you have to live you have to live that excuse to get it out of you. If you just kind of keep carrying it. it. Yeah. You live it, that. man. Like live, live that moment. Like I said, I mean, it, I was really ticked off. I I mean, I'm still ticked off. I mean, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm not the only one. My story is yeah, probably sure. very minimal to some of the other people with COVID stories. I mean that, that who saw that coming? Nobody did.
0: Very true. So, um, talk to me about, I mean, you, you've, you talked a little about the struggles you've overcome. What is something that you feel like you're most proud of that you've accomplished or just in general, what is, what are you most proud of?
1: I'll be in a dad by far. There's no question. There's nothing. There's no greater thing that I've ever done in my life than be a father. Um, That boat um, you would think would have been because it was, it was such a success story. I mean, I I was born and raised in Utah. I had no business being on the ocean (laughs) and here I was going toe to toe with some of the best captains in in Southeast Florida and I was winning. I was, I mean, I was, I was taking them to task. And so you would think that naturally that would be success, but, success to me is by whoever has the most stories. It's it's not money. It's whoever has the most stories at the end. That's that's my gauge of success. Mm -hmm. And you don't get better. The best stories are parent stories. They're they're the best. (laughs) I mean, the joy a child can bring, the, the pain, the frustration, the anger. I mean, a child brings it all out. And there's nothing that I love more than my time with my, my little dude. And every year I say, this is the best year ever. And then next year, oh, this is the best year ever, but uh, he, yeah. he's a cool dude. He's way cooler than his dad. Um, he's, he's, he's got the best parts of me and his mom kind of all into one, which is kind of scary. <laughs>
0: yeah, That's cool, man. Thank you for, I appreciate that. Appreciate you. you sharing that. Um, do you, do you get to read much? Do you get on the I'm not, I'm on audible? Guy.
1: Yeah. Um. So know i'm big into video editing so naturally if i ever choose to watch something or read it i'll watch it so Mm. so i tend to great so a lot of uh you know self-motivational videos stuff like that i'm really into okay um
0: tell me something that you know it could be i guess a movie you're into that some a a book or a movie an idea that you found there that really just touched you and and maybe changed the way you thought about things there Something um,
1: You know, it's going to be cliche, and I know a lot of people think it, and they, they don't want to say it, but uh, Star Wars, man. Okay,
0: I, you're the first person I've had on here say that, so roll, roll with here, it. Let's here's
1: it. why. Here's why. Star Wars crosses multiple generations. Mm-hmm. I remember to this day, 2T, the big laser disc dad brought home, original you know the hope a, a new hope i remember that to this day i was seven years old sat down with dad he put the laser disc in the big machine and we watched it and i was blown away i was like what just happened i cannot believe this and everybody had the sticks and the and the laser swords and whatever we make the sounds and that's how, that was my upbringing and then you know the, the second and the third one came out and then obviously they re- released the prequels but it never really resonated me how awesome that story was and how much that connected you until I was a dad, until I introduced it to my son. So now you have three generations that have lived the same stories, but it's it's kind of a unifier. So when we get together, there's we never have to worry because, you know, I mean, when you have a seen dad or mom, there's always kind of maybe that weird, awkward. There's ne- it doesn't exist because we just go to Star Wars. Like, hey, man, did you hear the new <laughs> the Kenobi series is coming out and we have something to talk about. And then my eight-year-old, he knows more about Star Wars than we ever did because he's he's watched the Rebels series and he's watched them all and he'll tell us the backstories and it's, it's a cool thing. But the, the coolest moment I had in Star Wars was taking him to Disney World and doing the millennium falcon ride and and doing all that with them like because then it was real and just to see his face light up and i think i enjoyed it more than him to be honest but um (laughs) but yeah dude it's um it's weird because it's not a cliche line from a movie it's not an inspirational it's just movies like entertainment are a true escape and And we have gotten away from escaping society. Social media and technology is such a plus, but it's also such a deterrent because there's so much information available. um, We now find more reasons to escape from connecting with each other, you know, and that's why I appreciate what Star Wars does in my household, because I'm able to talk to my dad about it and I'm able to talk to my son about it. And we all love it the same.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. So you seem like a guy who's into, you know, you're, you're relational, you're, you, you like people, you enjoy being with people. Um, so how did you tra- how do you translate that over to your service, to your individual customers? Like, what do they what do they get from you? They wouldn't get from, say, Joe Blow.
1: Oh, man, you know, I'm going to I'll tick off some people listening. <laughs> I don't mean good, this. So. I, I really don't mean it uh, as, a, as a blow. But I'm the I'm the anti agent agent. And I tell okay. them that all the time. I'm not here that? to I'm not here to sell you anything. You know I'm the source of the source. I'm going to give you all the real information, and at the end of end of it, if you choose me, awesome. And if you don't, I'm going to be the guy cheering you on. And and it's, I'm not my feelings won't be hurt by it. They really won't, because I think everybody deserves to own a home. They do. That that is that is a right that everybody should have that feeling, because what home ownership can do, not just financially, but for your family. I'm telling it is a game changer. Like I said, that that house in Jupiter two after owning it for two years, I've, I flipped it for one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I've never in my life had that kind of money. Right. Think about that. I right. mean, that, that changed everything because not not only did we now have a savings, but we can invest in the next house. And it just once you understand, you know what to do with money, it, it changes the way you think it changes the way you save. Um, and I think everybody deserves that.
0: Everybody awesome thank you i appreciate that perspective um if i were to like talk, chat with your wife and your son and just be like hey what's dad always harping on like what would they what would they say something that you're trying to you try and drill into your your family
1: uh slater's never quit i, I didn't give yeah. that up You know, that that was drilled into me by grandpa. Grandpa's still alive. That's still a big deal to him. Uh, My middle name is Russell. Uh, My dad's middle name is Russell. My grandpa's middle name is Russell. My son's (laughs) middle name is Russell. So he is an extension of all of us. So I tell him the same thing. Remember who you are, who you represent? Slaters never quit. Those non-negotiable. He's playing on a soccer team right now. His soccer team sucks. I mean, they're they're terrible, <laughs> terrible. Don't, don't know, pass the, the this co- out to the parents. Yeah, the coaching <laughs> is bad. And all of it's te- we, we go. I mean, it's seventeen to zero before the first half <laughs> is over. Uh, you can just feel the energy just get sucked out of the room. And then at that point, I don't care who you are. You don't want to keep going after right. that. But right. I tell I tell my son. His name is Finn. F I N, like a shark fin. Mm-hmm. And he was born on Ocean's Day. But I tell them all the time it's like man don't you dare quit you keep going you keep going and I'm I'm the crazy dad on the sideline just, just harping on him just keep going all the way to the end because like I'm it. telling you man um if you learn how to keep going when when it stinks it's it's you, the, there's no limitations to what you can accomplish none it's easy to go, keep going when things are great it's easy but when your back's up against the wall that's when you really test character and who, who what what's your metal what are you made out of
0: yeah I like that. Hey man, I appreciate you coming on. Um, that's kind of our time, but it's been wonderful chatting with you and and getting to know you a little bit more. Where can the where can the people find you at? Where can we locate you and get a hold of you so we can do business with you?
1: Heck yeah! Go to uh, Captain Slater. Just go uh, on Facebook. Find me there. C A P T S L. The number eight, letter R. Or just look for this this crazy fancy logo, and you'll find me, Captain Slater Property Sales. Um, love to find him. Like I said, I'm a great source of the source. You know, if you want real honest information, uh, I'm your guy. And, uh, and if I'm not the person at the end of the day that we, that ends up helping me out, I will find you somebody that will fit your, your personality for sure.
0: Awesome. How about a phone number?
1: Oh, we got a phone number. Let's do some digits. I love it. Uh, eight, six, three, nine, six, nine, two, four, four, nine. That's how you get me.
0: Awesome. Hey, appreciate your time. Thanks so much. <laughs> Mr. Slater, Captain Slater, yeah, I should say. It, yeah, right, come, come see
1: it. me in Florida, my friend.